A new name for offensive coordinator possibly has emerged. We'll talk a little bit about Brennan Marion from UNLV, the creator of the Go-Go Offense. That doesn't sound like Kirk Ferentz today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, it has been a long, long road as Iowa continues to search for an offensive coordinator. As we go back now, well over two months until uh, the hiring was, or the firing, excuse me, of Brian Ferentz was announced. It's been a long winter. And as we're digging our way out of it, day 78 of the search here today, but the potential that we have a different name, a different look, and a different kind of conversation about this offensive coordinator job and ultimately what it's going to be. And if Kirk Ferentz, how willing he's going to be to make some changes. Now, we have talked about a lot of the tried and trues here. We've talked about, obviously, the breakdown between Paul Chris and Joe Philbin, the two names that have been the most prominent and also the two names that certainly make the most sense when you're talking about Kirk Ferentz. Those are two guys that are older, old school. Certainly aligned philosophically with what Iowa football wants to do and what they've done over the last quarter century. All those things make a whole lot of sense, and the transition would not be significant. We brought up some different names. We brought in the Army offensive coordinator, uh, Matt Drinkle, who has connections back to the University of Iowa. He was a student assistant here. We've talked about a myriad of different names, ideas that have come up. South Dakota State's offensive coordinator that now is uh, going to be going to Northwestern. We brought up uh, Ludwig from Utah, just on and on. We throw out a bunch of names and a bunch of different ideas. And one of the names that was just mentioned in passing, this was probably a month ago, was Brennan Marriott. So he is the offensive coordinator at UNLV. And you look at what they do and you look at the success that they had this year. This is a team that made one of the biggest improvements in college football this past season. They did it with an offense that had something that might be a little bit scary from what we've seen over the last 20 years, we say. A quarterback that can move. But it's the go-go offense. And when we talk about what Iowa's going to do going forward, what Iowa potentially can do, and what kind of evolution they're going to be this season, we know they're not going to go spread. Look, this is just not part of the the philosophy of Kirk Ferentz and the way that he wants to have offensive football. Now there's change. There's different things that you can do, but ultimately this is going to be about physicality, right? Not going to be playing patty cake football with Kirk Ferentz. That's not the way things are going to be done. You got to be able to run the football and you hear go, go offense. You think, Oh boy, here's another one of these things, the run and shoot. Uh, what's going on here? Spread those get not though. There are spread elements to the go, go offense. This is what it is. It's from Brett and Marion's book. He is the creator of the go-go offense, and he has had success at every single one of his stops running this. 
In short, the go-go offense is an up-tempo one, specifically designed to run the ball downhill. Ha-ha, there's something. It's about tempo and spacing, using multiple formations to get favorable matchups to run the ball. Its main formation is aligning the quarterback in the shotgun with two backs on the same side of the quarterback. Huh. Now, again, this is a change from Kirk Ferentz as we know it. Marion also believes, uh, talks about the phil, uh, the philosophy of the go-go offense. Marion begins with an explanation of the go-go offense here in the book and how it has evolved throughout the years, explaining the culture to fellow coaches and working to establish that each student-athlete developed not only as football players and athletes, but as a team. You'll get several excellent ticks from team building, accountability. These are things that sound like Kirk Ferentz. Now, we get a couple of things. Would Kirk Ferentz be willing to do something this dramatic? Because this would be dramatic. You're running out of shotgun, though Iowa has shotgun plays. It's not to say they don't have shotgun plays, and they've run out of shotgun. It hasn't been very successful. That's been a problem. However, philosophically, does this mesh? Can this work? And this is, when we talked about change, this would be something that would make a whole lot of sense. Again, it seems like a stretch here. It seems like a stretch that philosophically they're going to go this crazy. The likelihood is it's going to be boring, stodgy. A lot of us will roll our eyes, whatever it's done. I am more of a proponent of Paul Chris as opposed to Joe Philbin. Both of those guys certainly have resumes. I'm both of those guys, but this is different. This is innovative. This is new. This is, this is exciting. And exciting doesn't always work, but it is something different. You look at the background of Brennan Marion. He's been bounced around and building his way up for a long time. He was on the practice squad with the Dolphins, had all kinds of knee issues. He had one of the records for, for like yards per reception as a, as a collegiate athlete uh, when he played at Tulsa. But this is a guy that played wide receiver. So as a coach, here's what he's done recently as he's moved up the ranks. He was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Howard, 2017 and 2018. Then moved to William & Mary for a season as OC. Went up to the FBS level, first with Hawaii in 2020, then to Pitt in 2021. Texas this past season, where he was the pass game coordinator and wide receiver coach with the Longhorns. And then, of course, this past season with UNLV as the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach. He's got wide receiver coaching background, quarterback coaching background, offensive coordinator and calling plays. It sounds pretty good. Now, you might be asking yourself, Trent, this sounds wonderful. This is exciting. This is something different. However, this isn't real, right? I don't know if it's real, but there is a little bit more. Let's jump into this. Now, it's social media, and you got to be a little bit careful here. This comes from Inside Iowa on Twitter, GBSB of Iowa. Don't know the count, but saw the tweet. Rumor. Some Iowa players and Iowa parents have starting, started following UNLV offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, Brendan Marion. We have a home run, two for one hire, something to keep an eye on. Continues and another tweet. This includes Deacon Hill, Marco Lyonez, defensive back commit Jalen Watson, and a few more players. Roy Higgins has also started following him. Add Jacob Bostic. To that list, something is brewing in Iowa City. This doesn't happen for no reason. Again, those are tweets from inside Iowa. There's something there. Now, is it offensive coordinator? We'll see. Is it wide receiver coach? 
potentially. And you could say, well, why would you go after having a very successful season as an offensive coordinator from an OC back to being a wide receiver coach at Iowa? Well, the first thing is money. A year ago, he made about $300,000 as the OC. Kelton Copeland, recently fired, made nearly half a mil. $200,000 is nothing to sneeze at. Now, you can get by on $300,000 pretty well, but that's something, too. It's an exception, and there are plenty of coaches out there. If you can get a system implemented, and it is successful at a place like Iowa, you name it, the job is yours. A new name. Now, again, if I had to put my money out there, who it's going to be, the betting favorite remains Paul Chris. Nothing that's happened here has swayed my opinion of that. But I'll tell you, I got a little bit excited. I certainly did. Speaking of getting excited, what a weekend it was for Hawkeye Athletics from the win on Friday night from the men's basketball team on the mat with the wrestling team. And, of course, on Saturday night in Carver Hawkeye Arena as Iowa knocks off number 14th-ranked Indiana and gets the win there. It was a great one, but it doesn't end. It continues. In fact, it continues today for both the wrestlers on the mat against Minnesota and for the basketball team, the men's team, as they take on the Gophers up in the barn. We'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, keep Caitlin Clark's name out your mouth. We'll talk about that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, at this time of year, you got a lot going on. It is cold and flu season. There's a ton happening across the world, and you want to be prepared. That's where Jace Medical comes in. I know you come here to escape but some of the crazy realities are out there that we need to talk about. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. Incredibly scary. And I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my son or daughter got sick while a, ch a chain supply issue kept them from life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff, it could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Again, that is jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Trent Cotton back with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So the men's basketball team back on the hardwood, and they, they've got me excited here over the last couple of games. Now, we got to start with this. They were two home wins, and if you're going to be a good team, if you're going to be a tournament team, you got to serve you have to serve court at home. I mean, you just, you can't afford to lose the games like they lost earlier this season to Michigan. So you did what you're supposed to. And it was fun on Friday night. Dominating performance, running past Nebraska after the Huskers got back in the game, pulling away again. The great early start in that game as they're up 17-2 and then pull away late in the game. So many different ways that you can go with Tony Perkins and what he did. Peyton Sanford knocking down shots from the outside. The continued domination of Owen Freeman. 
Patrick McCaffrey coming back and playing well. Even Ben Cricky stepping out and knocking down a couple of three-pointers. And, of course, the play of Josh, Josh Dix off the bench. I mean, all, the, all six of those guys really helped out. And when I was playing that way, when you have six different players that are helping out, I mean, that's going to go a long way for this team potentially to get back in it. But it doesn't end there. So you go to Minnesota. Hawkeyes right now are favored by a point at Ken Pomeroy. That is the analytic site that I mentioned a lot here. Uh, they are a one-point favorite in that game. When you look at the sports book, when you take a look at a place like FanDuel, Iowa right now is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So this is a 5 o'clock tip-off coming up here this evening. Uh, 160 is the total in the game over at FanDuel right now. It's on the road, and that has not been something that's gone very well for Iowa at this point in time. In true road games this season, there have been four true road games. They have given up in those games 92, 87, 90, and 83. All against good teams, Creighton, Purdue, Iowa State, and Wisconsin. But two of those teams certainly don't play at a high pace. Uh, two of those teams, when you talk about Iowa State Wisconsin, are two of the slower teams you're going to find in major college basketball. And both those teams playing with a little bit more pace this year. That's a concern. Got to get stops out here. And we don't need a redux of Charles Bugs out there knocking down three-pointers and doing that kind of thing. The matchup, there's a chance here. And you get this one, I think we can start dreaming a little bit. Yes, Purdue is waiting in the wings on Saturday. And we know the likelihood, even in Carver, how that thing's going to go Saturday. I was probably going to get run out of the gym. But then after that, it's Maryland at home. Winnable game. I would projected to win that one by six. At Michigan, a little revenge. A one-point projection in that game. Going to be a toss-up. Another one-point game against Indiana. They come home for Ohio State, projected to win by two. After that, they're at Penn State yet, projected to win that one. And then they get Minnesota again at home. It's not crazy here, folks. They go on a run. Now, after that, it gets much more difficult, but there is a chance. But it has to start tonight. It has to continue. We talked about this going into the Rutgers game. It wasn't a must-win, but it kind of felt like a must-win. Same thing on Friday night. It wasn't a must-win, but it kind of felt like a must-win. And we go to the same spot here. It's not a must-win. I mean, it's not a must-win, really, until you get to the Big Ten tournament, right? And if you're on the outside looking in, that's when it becomes a must-win situation. However, in terms of building a resume, getting yourself in a spot where we can start to have the conversation, because we're still not there. I know if you look deep on the, the bubble watch list that Iowa is showing up, I mean, that still means that they're like in the 80s in terms of the 60-18 bracket, something like that. I mean, there's still a long ways to go for them to get up there. Again, there is a chance. Get a road victory here against Minnesota. We can start dreaming a little bit more. And the chance is real. You know, this Minnesota team, I think, is playing better than a lot of people anticipated this year. They're 12-4 and in the season. They got beaten a tough one Friday night themselves against Indiana, but they went to Michigan and won. They beat Maryland so far this year. They got a win against that Nebraska team that we saw. A loss at Ohio State, a loss in the non-conference to Missouri and San Francisco. They're okay. They're getting better. They're young. Uh, Garcia's still around. You remember him from the last couple of years. But they got guys like Elijah Hawkins, who came in from Howard. Uh, he's played really well this year. Mikey Mitchell, uh, Cam Christie, who's a freshman. So uh, this is a team that's not going to – it's not that they're just going to be wowier. You know, that, that's not what this is. They can knock down some shots. They can do some of those things. All of a sudden, you get in a problem. You look at what they do offensively, uh, effective field goal percentage, very high. They get good shots. They get the ball inside. Ben Cricky has got to be better defensively. Owen Freeman 
has got to be better defensively. A couple of times that he reached out there. Uh, one final thing, though, on men's basketball I do want to talk about, and that is Fran McCaffrey. As Fran goes out there and picks up the win on Friday night against Nebraska. And after the game, he was, uh, Brian Butch, I believe it was, from Big Ten Network. I talked to him after the game in the post-game little court interview that they do. And it was mentioned to Fran McCaffrey that he had tied Dr. Tom Davis for career victories at Iowa. And his response I thought was excellent. Quote, Coach Davis is somebody that I've known for a long time. Always admired not only his coaching style and his success, but more importantly, the kind of person he is. He's always been incredibly humble. And he was so kind to me when I got here and when I got this job. We've remained friends. Just to be discussed in the same conversation with him is something that makes me incredibly proud. Unquote. Fred McCaffrey has become, unfortunately, a divisive guy inside the fan base. You have the antics on the sideline. You have where he goes from 0 to 100 in a snap of a finger. That's always going to be a part of it. You have the successes that he has had and also the last lack of success in the NCAA tournament. He has got Iowa basketball to, back to what it was during the 90s. And until the final run of Dr. Tom, this is what they were. Make the tournament, maybe win a game, and they get bounced in the round of 32 and couldn't break through. Yes, they broke through in that final season. But he has delivered. Over the last six seasons, Iowa basketball is back to that. And that's really good. And this team, well, I'll be honest, a year ago, when they lost that game to Eastern Illinois, you, you lose that game to an outfit like Eastern Illinois. I thought the season was over. I really did. And it continued after that. They lost two more games. They lose to Nebraska and Penn State back-to-back. We didn't know what Penn State was going to turn out to be a really good basketball team by the end of the season. They're sitting there at 0-3 in the Big Ten. You have a loss against 347th-ranked Eastern Illinois, and you think this thing's over, and they found a way. You come to this year. All right, there's no more Chris Murray. You don't have your All-American candidate. This team looked lost, befuddled, no chance. And though I don't believe eventually they're going to be still a tournament team, they have a path to get there. And again, that's incredible. It really is. From what they were at the beginning of the season, losing to Purdue, losing to Michigan, you're 0-3. We'll see if they can dig out of it. But if he can even get this team to 9, 10 wins in the Big Ten this year, even if it doesn't eventually end in an NCAA tournament appearance, that's a great coaching job. I like Fran. I like his style. I like the way that they play offensively. It's exciting. I know the fan base is out. And I know a lot of the discretionary income for a lot of people this year has gone to the women's team and the final go around for Caitlin Clark. I get that. But we also have to remember what we have. I think most of us sat through the Todd Licklider era. It wasn't fun. It was awful. It was a brutal style of basketball. Not only was it bad basketball to watch, the team was bad on top of it. You know, you can trick yourself into saying, hey, you know what? This is pretty good when you're winning games. When you're playing an ugly style, and then you're losing games on top of it. It sucks. You go back to Steve Alford. As unlikable a figure has made his way to Iowa City in a really long time. He wasn't a good person. He wasn't a good guy. He was an okay basketball coach, but there were other things. The pandering. Pierre Pierce. So many different other things about it. And then people inside the athletic offices that had to deal with them on a day-to-day basis. Uh, many of them not with the most positive things to say. It could be a lot worse. I know there are Fran, things with Fran that do upset you. 
I know there are things that you'd like to see a little bit different. Fran is who he is. It's not going to change at this point. We do have to realize, we do have a pretty good basketball coach. He's won a lot of games. He's brought a lot of successes. We all want to see that run to the Sweet 16. We all want to see them in the second weekend. We all want to see more from the program. More? It's difficult. And there's breaks that can happen, and there's opportunities. And when you miss them, it stinks. But also, don't forget, you got a pretty good one there in Fran McCaffrey. We wrap things up. Speaking of that women's team, yes, they are back at it coming up this week against Wisconsin, and then a road trip to Columbus to take on the Buckeyes. We're going to talk about Caitlin Clark and how she's broken the brain of a couple of pretty significant figures in women's college basketball. We'll do that as we continue here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by FanDuel and the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Well, right now, as we make our way through the NFL playoffs, FanDuel has got you covered with an incredible deal right now. Still time for you to get on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers, you're going to get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app. Super easy to use with so many different ways to bet. Live same-game parlays. That's right. Same-game parlays before the game and also live as they're happening. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Plus, you can make a parlay in their Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find the most popular parlays that are out there. You got famous people. You got handicappers. You got people putting their parlays together, and you can find them all. Plus, just people like you and me out there on the Parlay Hub. And so much more at FanDuel Sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet an easy one. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Trent kind of back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Your team every day, that's what we do here on the Lockdown Network. And let's get into it. Over on the women's side of things, as Kim Mulkey, I look like an idiot, as always. Kim Mulkey is, speaking of people that are not very likable, as we were talking about Steve Alford a little bit earlier in the program here today. Uh, Kim Mulkey, the look, fine. She wants to wear feathers. She wants to wear flashy outfits. Whatever. Not for me. And it's all good. Don't care one iota. Now, am I going to laugh at it if I think it looks stupid? Sure. But I, I'm not going to tweet about it. I'm not going to talk about it here. Do your thing, lady. All right? You, you're going to do that. But her as a person. And look back at some of the comments that she's made about some of her former players, uh, about people like Brittany Griner and many others. She is very easy to dislike. Of course, we have our own set of dislike for her in the state of Iowa after what we saw in her just histrionics on the sideline, looking like just an absolute idiot just looking like the most deranged coach that you're going to find. Begging, pleading, whining, on the floor, nonstop. Now, the referee crew, as we found out, that was very bad. That was not ready for prime time and struggled in that championship game. She bullied them. She did. She got the calls. And the bogus technical against Caitlin in that championship game. But 
seeing them lose yesterday, and, and it's crazy. I mean, you got the Packers Cowboys game starting up, right? I'm watching the game and getting ready for it, and one that I was just excited for. I, I didn't have a rooting interest. I was just excited and hopeful we were going to finally see a good NFL game. Of course, didn't get that as the Packers blew them out, but that aside. So this is happening, and yet it's coming down the wire as LSU, fresh off the comments from Kim Mulkey, just that despicable human being. Kim Mulkey makes the comments, well, you know, we don't have girls that shoot the ball 40 times like some other programs out there. It was another shot at Caitlin Clark. And we saw it a week ago with Don Staley and these jealous old women that, I don't know, can't handle the success of Caitlin Clark. They don't like the notoriety. She's building their sport up. I thought somebody put it incredibly well. She's doing things that they haven't been able to do in decades inside the sport. And maybe that's what upsets them. But whatever it is, it's another terrible look. It shouldn't come as a surprise from either of them. Now, Mulkey, what she said on the surface was wrong. Kaylin Clark's never taken 40 shots in a game at the collegiate level. She averages 22 shots per game. She leads the country in scoring, in assists. She is the all-time leader in assists in the Big Ten. It's just a dumb comment from a dumb person, and that's what she is. She really is. She All she can think about is herself. Her program, which is part of herself. But that's it. When players move on, and if there's any kind of disagreement, she shoves them to the side. She's a bad person. So don't let her comments sway you. Just sit back like I did on Sunday. And instead of being locked into Packers-Cowboys, flipping back and forth and watching her lose and seeing her plead on the sideline and just that smug look that's on her face get wiped off. And let's hope we get another shot against LSU. Better, who knows? LSU's got a lot of talent. And when that talent's playing at the best level, they're going to be tough for anybody to beat. But they haven't been at that level all season long. And I know I'm not alone. For me, it's not Angel Reese. She's a young lady that was doing her thing, excited to win a championship. It's Kim Bulky. That's who I want to be. And wait, that smug look off her face. And she'll have an excuse because she always does. And she'll make it out to be something different because that's the way that she's wired. Let's put another L on her. That'd be a good thing. Caitlin, keep doing your thing. Keep the excitement going. Should be an easy one coming up on Tuesday against Wisconsin. You hate to say that, but it's honest. Look, Wisconsin hasn't won a game against Iowa in decades. Uh, the domination in this series has been incredible. We saw Iowa go up there to the sold-out Kohl Center. 10,000 more people in the stands than what they average to watch Caitlin Clark. This one will be back at Carver. Environment's probably going to be a little bit different than it was Saturday night against Indiana, but that's going to be great to see. And then, of course, the big road trip and a road trip to Ohio State. Only a couple ranked games left on the schedule. Only three teams in the Big Ten uh, coming into Monday when the rankings are going to be released. I uh, have been out there, but something to keep an eye on there, and we will continue to break it all down here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Speaking of that, we will be back with you into your feed late on Monday night into Tuesday with an instant reaction podcast. Will we hear anything more on the search for an offensive coordinator? We will see on that front and break down Iowa, Minnesota, both on the mat and on the basketball floor from this evening. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Hey, also want to let you know right now, Lockdown has launched. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown 
plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. While you're doing that, make sure to hit subscribe right here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Five-star reviews if you're on the podcast side. Always appreciate all of you. We'll talk to you again after the Hawkeyes and the Gophers coming up tonight. Thanks for being with us. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast.